Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is November 16th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I am, uh, I'm doing great. What a Masters, you know, just a, just a good Sunday. It's Victory Monday here. I guess the Browns just eked out a 10-7 win. Just a thrilling, thrilling National Football League game that I missed in its entirety today to uh, watch the Masters. I'm kind of glad I invested my time in the golf you, as well. You probably so. could have uh, made some money betting that the combined score of that game would be under the combined score uh, under Total. par that uh, Dustin Johnson shot. Total par. I mean, it was blowing, it sounds like, 50 and hailing <laughs> and just a complete monsoon. Um, hey, what do you think means more to DJ? The Tour Championship FedEx Cup? Or the Masters green jacket? I mean, I think it was pretty evident, right? You know, well, well, he couldn't get words out. We are fresh off. I'm well, we are recording right after. I'm fresh off of watching his press conference with the media. Someone asked him about, like, can you compare the winning the tour championship with today? Like, does it feel like two end of two seasons, sort of? And I need to figure out who asked that and if they were writing for the state-run media or what the deal was. Um, but I, I was just aghast. I almost fell over. And I'm going to post this. Uh, if I can get it, I'll post it to Instagram. <laughs> DJ's eyes start darting around the room as the question's being asked. He's like, wait, am I, are you asking me about, like, are you really asking me? Like, can I compare the end of that season? Does this feel like the end of another season? Uh, it was uh, quite a quite a howitzer of a question. Not one, not one that got him choked up and emotional compared so, to the putting green. I bet his eyes were darting around the room to make sure Monahan wasn't there ready to put a <laughs> you know tranquilizer in him. You know. <laughs> No, it was a, it was uh I don't know that it was the most eventful Master Sunday ever, right? No, I mean, it no, was it was a, a coronation. It was a coronation of one of the generation's greatest players. You know, maybe yep. maybe the best post Tiger, and we can talk about that best t- post Tiger player in in golf. Um, getting a win that puts him in. You know, I think a lot of people would have considered him one of those, but. It, he gets the win that vaults him out of, you know, the one win, one major winners and gets him into now where he's, you can bring him up with the all-time greats. There are all-time greats that won two majors. Look no further than Greg Norman. Sure. You know, sure. like he, that's what he is. He's an all-time great. He's now matched Gary Player's all-time PGA Tour wins. Just that was a graphic I just saw on golf. Just don't tell Gary Player; he'll have a conniption talking about how he won at every corner of the globe. Maybe that um, was part of the plan. Maybe they wanted Gary to see it. Yeah, and, and fly so, off the handle. Yeah, yeah, it gets him a little bit of a social buzz. You know, gets the segment a little buzz. I I agree. It was a coordination of someone uh, and. Really, I would tie this all back. I wrote something for the Friday.com at the start of the week about uh, like experience over results, right? Uh, like the process over the results. Really, I think this ties into that where we've watched this guy for the last 10 to 12, almost 15 years and knowing he was an elite premier talent. We did not, we did not need a master's green jacket to affirm that. You know, we've known he's probably more talented than when we were watching him with our own eyes. We we probably knew he was more talented than Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson had more majors than he did or other players with more majors than he does. But we don't necessarily watch golf. We don't invest hours in watching golf just for like to see the green jacket ceremony, right? Just to see the, like we watch for the experience of seeing Dustin Johnson play and seeing him play, you know, specific rounds or specific stretches of holes or specific shots from certain 
um, areas, certain strategy, strategy points on a course. Like that's why we invest all these hours. And now it's easier to talk about it 30 years from now to our kids. Like, like our dads, I think, uh, or our parents talk a lot about Weisskopf, the generation, like this guy was an absolute flusher. He was, he could have been Nicholas. He felt like he had that talent, all that stuff. Like it, it felt like DJ was kind of going that that direction. Norman probably an intervening, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, that kind of guy in the Will, intervening Will years. Will Knights had come up with Johnny Miller, which was a great comparison. To, sure, you know, but yeah. Johnny obviously had the two majors, so that was uh, that was something he yeah. needed to get. Yeah, but I, the whole point, like that's we watched golf. Like we knew DJ was already. Um, he didn't have the green jacket. We already knew he was a elite one of the best talents that we would ever see why and that's why we watch golf we watch him to play not necessarily to just capture green jackets not for the green jacket ceremony that said it feels certainly appropriate after investing that decade plus watching him that he now has it yeah and i think the day i think there's been like a maturation i i know this gets thrown around so much but you can see him as a golfer just becoming more and more well-rounded and he didn't get off to a great start today. Things kind of weren't going ideal. He flubbed mm-hmm. the chip on two. He, you know, makes the putt on three, but it wasn't like a easy birdie. And then he bogeys four and five. And and you could, you know, you could see how, uh, you know, all of the past issues and all of the heartbreak and all of the close calls and disastrous Sundays helped him because he was fine. He then stuffs it in yeah. there on six and it's, it's basically game over from there on. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. he was so rock solid with the putter. And then, you know, on the back nine, just, he didn't take any chances. He, you know, he's in the, in the fairway on 13, he's got mud on the ball. So he lays up, you know, he's, he, he lays up on 15. He, organic. He, you know, he had an organic matter ball yeah. on 13, I believe an organic matter ball. So he did just, he said he wiped us. He just kind of tried to wipe a six iron low on the ground and, and have it wipe off. But yeah, go ahead. After 13. Yeah. And, and then 15, he lays up there too. And it, and it was, he just took any, any chances of where big numbers could come into play after he hit that shot on 12, which was really good given how windy it was. Um, right. And he just he just put it on cruise control. And in the process, despite a shaky start and not even going for the greens on 13 and 15, he shoots the lowest round of the day. That's crazy. I mean, that's indicative of the talent. Like, we know this guy. You're, you're arguing already he's, you know, maybe the best post-Tiger talent, the best post-Tiger player. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But, God, he could win three, four majors, you know, maybe, you know, he was in danger of going sort of in the Davis love the third zone. But I I think like now he could be heading towards the Phil zone, right? Like he could, but let's just celebrate and enjoy whatever he accomplished this week. I suppose there's something with DJ too, about what's going on in the back half of his career. So if you look at his wins from the 2017 Genesis open on really, I don't know, BMW even, you got you got three shot win at the BMW in 2016. Genesis Open five shot win. Then he's got one shot win at WGC, um, and he wins the match play. Uh, and then he's got a playoff win at the Northern Trust. But him and Spieth were out ahead of everybody. You know, um, he wins the Century the Tournament of Champions by eight shots. Wins the FedEx St Jude by six shots. Wins our, uh, Canada by three shots. Wins Mexico by five shots. Travelers by one. Northern Trust by 11. Tour Championship, well, he didn't really win that one. <laughs> um, and then the Masters, he wins by five. So yep. I think this is this is something that doesn't ever get written down in, in, year, in record books, but he, he blows fields out, and there's something about right. that. And that I think that shows that when everything's down and everything's going – he cannot be nobody can even keep up with him yep yep this felt like uh, validation is such a cliche term but it, it felt all i'd say is appropriate we watched him like the real joy has been watching him play golf right it's been what like we knew that he was this kind of talent we knew he was a worthy master's champion um did you ever feel nervous like i i started panicking honestly when he had his three wood on one in the bunker uh, he made a par but like 
from that moment, I, I don't know if I just have scar tissue from watching like Rory blow on way right on one, just whatever it is. But he went in the bunker and then, you know, he flubbed the chip on two and he was just, he just said after the round, he was like, you know, I was never nervous on that one, really. Like, uh, it was just like, it's like a tricky, soft area. Um, but on three, I got up there and I was like, well, I better hit a pretty good one after this. Like, I need to hit a good one. And, and he did. Uh, um, but five, five was like a great, I think he said a nine iron recovery shot. Um, so it was in six, you said. Uh, did you have any panic? Those first five, maybe? A little bit? Got the one shot, I think? It got down to one, but I think the thing was who was chasing him. It, I know. With I agree. if it if it had been Tiger or you know a JT or a Rory that was in the position of of Cam Smith or Sung J M, I think it would have been a little bit different. And we saw Sung J M got up there. He's one back and he's right in the mix of things. Um, and then. He misses a short putt and bogey seven. Like it, it, it was very clear that that moment kind of got to him a little bit. He he started missing mm-hmm. iron shots long and left. Um, so I think that was the thing. And like Cam Smith, first player in Masters history to hit to shoot uh, four rounds in the sixties, unbelievable Six. tournament. But the reality is with his golf game, the way it is, he's kind of shaky from tee to green. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot 63 with that golf game, right? He has to be on fire with with his driver and and irons to give himself enough chances to shoot 63. He's getting up and down from everywhere. It was unbelievable, and there's something to be said about Cam Smith. He's got three top fives in majors, two of them at the Masters and the other one at – Chambers Bay, Chambers. all places with immense short grass around the greens, contour greens, wide fairways, where he is able to have a canvas to show his skills. Um, I think, I think that is, you know, but he wasn't ever going to be a guy that's going to track DJ down when he when DJ's heading in the day four shots ahead. It was, you know, those with the guys that were behind him. I think it was more about DJ blowing it than it was those guys were going to track him down. There was no real foul though there where, you know, this kind of machine to take advantage of a collapse. Not that, you know, DJ was on the verge of a collapse, but were he to, or were he to wobble? And, you know, I guess it was a little shaky there in the first five, but were he to wobble? I I just was, that guy wasn't there or he wasn't playing at least in the way that foul though. Like obviously he shot the round of the weekend Mm -hmm. in that 96 masters, you know, um, and the, and the yeah, other, no, no one stepped up. And the other big comebacks that are notable, like Rory, was a collapse, and uh, and, and Spieth was a collapse. Will it? You know, yeah. like those yeah. were collapse. So yeah. this was this was set up for a collapse. And even Curtis Strange, four shot lead on the back nine, that was a collapse. He rinsed it on on uh, thirteen and fifteen. So, thirteen and fifteen. Yeah. So this was yeah. more of a. You know, this was set up. The only way it it doesn't happen is if it, there's a collapse, and there wasn't a collapse. There was a great round. Do you have any? Do you have any? Are there any sort of limiting? Does the context change anything for what this win means? Like, is it a 2011 U.S. Open situation where people seem to think like Rory, all those scoring records are kind of out the window? Um, a like, look, first first and foremost, Dustin Johnson is like should have been a Masters champion, whether it was this year, year before, 2017, or down the line. He should have two, three, four, five majors. He Just as Rory McIlroy should have multiple majors, and he's got a U.S. Open, and I'm f- fine with that. But, like, within the context, a little bit of this is a little bit of a debate show, sort of like let's let's sort of pop him for the win. But, like, it was a softer course, so and, and DJ was quick to admit that. Like, I mean, the conditions, Tiger's, of course, sitting in the, whose record he just broke is sitting next to him, Butler Cabin. So he kind of, like, throws a nod to the the conditions, right? He, he cites that. But, I mean, he had no – there were no fans. There was nobody who stepped up. It was softer. Um, there was – it was just, like, not the usual crucible of a, of a master Sunday. Um, and, and there was – yeah, and just no one, no one challenging or pushing him at all. Um, I, I think the scoring record, you need to use the context of the conditions. Other than that, though, 
I, I'm not going to try to say like he has, you know, it, it's somehow less of a master's win because it's Dustin Johnson. It's not some flash of the pan talent. And he beat the best players in the world. I mean, going into the weekend, the top three guys are at the top of the leaderboard. He shoots 65-68, low round Saturday, uh-huh. low round Sunday, you know, tied for the low round Sunday. And that's the thing is Sunday was n- by no means easy. The low round on the golf course is 68. Yeah, he said it was really tricky. I mean, he was like, the conditions were easy, really, or easier until today. It, today was really tricky given the, the wind. Ironically, so, he, he shot even par... Uh, According to Bryson, Bryson's far. <laughs> Bryson's got to get his, his head sorted out. I don't know. Nothing's wrong with his body, but his head. I pulled a bunch I, of numbers on all uh-huh. the players. And one thing yep. that I found interesting that we, you know, DJ going into this event had one major win, but he had five runner-ups. Okay. Rory had four majors and one runner-up. Okay. You know, and then we just think about Rory. He only he has he has three thirds, all of which came in two thousand nine and two thousand ten. You know, right. when he was young, first major mm-hmm. contention, really. Like Rory's a guy that's played a lot of majors. He's won four, but he's kind of taken. He's won the ones that he's had a chance to win. Really, you know. That's that's D- true. DJ's that's fair. Been the guy that's kind of had majors not go his way. And always there, always around. Would you say he's been around a lot more than Rory? I That's think he's got fair, more. He's, right? If you said who has had more chances to win majors, legitimate chances to win majors, DJ has had more chances to legitimately win major championships. I think you're Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. And the, so you want to get into this? Go ahead. Well, it's just, it's, it's, they put, you know, DJ's played 45 majors, Rory's played 47. They got really similar numbers. Um, mm. 24 worldwide wins to 26 worldwide wins. Obviously, the majors are a big thing, and Rory also has a Panavidra gold crown <laughs> um, to go with with his four majors. But One extra FedEx Cup, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, DJ's, DJ's wins, his 24 wins are insane. I mean, there's six FedEx Cups, six WGCs. In LA Open, He's six years older than Rory, right? Yeah, he is five five years older. So, mm-hmm. so what do you where do you, are you trying to put him as the best post Tiger player ever or best? Oh, I'm sorry, not ever best post Tiger player. Like, I, who are the other contenders? I there? think it's Brooksy? really him, him and Rory. Brooksy, obviously, this spans such a long generation that you get Spieth, Brooksy, and JT, and then it's interesting. I think where DJ got out of with this win, you know, he had 24 worldwide wins, one ma- uh, one major. And it wouldn't be crazy. People would would have, I think, lumped him more with the Adam Scotts and the Sergios. Sergio, 31 wins, one major. You know, Adam Scott, 29 wins, one major. That's where he would have been lumped without this. And that's why that second major was so important. I think he's really distinguished himself in terms of like world ranking too in the last four to five years being number one for such long stretches where a lot of those other guys can't claim that Rory has like the world ranking claim and you know mm-hmm. notch on his belt uh yeah I, I think like the world ranking thing really separates him and and that's 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 sort of the that's sort of the fault in like just assessing careers purely on you know, th- these major counts at the end. And that's go- like golf, like majors are, are we going to define entire careers by like 16 days a year? You know, I mean, that's, that's sort of the, and golf is more fickle than, you know, in hockey, you get a hot goalie, right? Or NBA, there are some injuries in the playoffs or NFL, a quarterback can get hot and kind of whatever happens. Like golf is entirely more fickle like that. Like maybe for four months you lose it or four days you lose it or that you're on the wrong side of the draw or some guy just goes nuts. Some Todd Hamilton comes out of nowhere and goes crazy. Like it's just interesting. We always go through this, right? We, or you have a penalty an- called on you in the bunker. Right, right. There's, it's, it's incredible. Like 16 days a year, this is how we judge careers. But uh, whether – I don't know that it captures, and, and this was sort of my point at the beginning, like the experience of watching DJ for the last twelve years or so. so uh, yeah, that's that. I think that's it too. Is like what you're what you're saying is like is the 
the pure numbers do not do the career justice in a way because of how impressive some of so many of his wins have been pure blowouts and then how many close calls he's had in majors like I, there's no guy since 2010 that has been more relevant in more majors than dj that's a good point so it, i think it is just he and rory he has like if you it's whatever i mean it's a, it's a subjective debate he's clearly ahead of sergio and adam scott right at this point those guys are a little bit older than he is you know uh, you know mm-hmm. three four years older than, than he is um but i i think you know, based on the longevity at number one and the constant sort of contention, he separated himself from them, and it's mostly just a Rory Brooks. Brooks, Brooks doesn't a, have the longevity claim at all. Brooks has right? a, but he's younger. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's seven years younger, six years younger than DJ, and he's on his way to a DJ. You know, almost I like that's the the one that would you know we need to wait five years to see where Brooks goes, but. Brooks ha- Brooks has fourteen wins, which I actually kind of was. Yeah, wow! I didn't. That's a know. lot more than I thought. Yeah, fourteen worldwide wins, four majors. Um, that might have a challenge tour one on there. I I just pulled it from OWGR real quick, but uh, four wins in majors, two seconds, ten top tens, thir- or thirteen top tens in twenty six events, which is hasn't been. Has been a good look for him since he called out DJ at the PGA, saying he's only got one win. Hasn't been a great look. DJ's gone on and like won whatever twenty five million dollars FedEx Cup, won the Masters, been number one in the world, will be number one in the world when they play the Masters again. Almost certainly will be number one in the world unless somebody goes nuts. Uh, hasn't been a great stretch for Brooksy since he talked all that shit at the uh, Harding Park. So. Yeah, but I mean, like again. <laughs> This is this goes to the DJ point. Like, Brooks didn't play well this week and finished top ten. You know, right. like that. Right. That's something. It, it as bad. I as wonder he if played, he was hurt by the soft course. Quite honestly, I wonder if he would have been helped by it, it being a little more firm and bouncy. Mother Nature obviously can't help Mother Nature, but I, I wonder if he was hurt by that. That's actually another point to this win by DJ. How impressive it was! This is a soft course, which is makes it more difficult to separate yourself from everyone, and you mm-hmm. win by five. Right. Like. Right. That's that's another feather in his cap for how good he played this week. Um, uh, you know, Spieth would be another guy in there. Spieth. Who knows where where that'll ever end up going? But. Uh, <laughs> Just like shaking your head. Ah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, and then JT um, too. I mean, JT's fourteen wins, one major. Um, his major <laughs> record is not anything to write home about as of now. You know, I think okay. I think he's going to have a very good next five years in majors, though. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's do an ad read. New ad, new new partner, new part. I'm excited about this one. I it took some, you know, coming around to. I've now, you know, tested the product. You pitched it to me like, hey, you want to do this? I was like, huh. I wonder how. We are now partnering with Weatherman Umbrella. WeathermanUmbrella.com promo code is Friday. You get twenty percent off. Uh, they sent me. I got a couple umbrellas. Purchased a couple. These are. I mean, I gotta say, you pitched. I was like, ah, oh, what do I? These are badass umbrellas. I am, I am thrilled and happy as hell, happier than a pig in shit, as I usually say, with my umbrella. Just we had, you know, poor weather, rainy weather this past week. I put it to use immediately. One of my favorite gifts that I ever got. I played in the pro am at Bay Hill, uh, like four or five years ago. You get like you get hooked up at a pro am. I got over like thousand dollars worth of stuff. Nice stuff. Is that where you played with Grace and Murray? Yes. Yes. He was the pro. <laughs> Grace and Murray. You got like a ton of stuff. My favorite thing from that was you got a big golf umbrella in the Arnold Palmer design, right? But it broke. It wasn't Weatherman. It's broke. And it, it's it, one of the kids, one of the Rugrat kids got in it and it snapped one of the spokes or whatever. And it's been, I've been, it was like one of my prized possessions. I love it. Like another thing you want to, you want a great fire extinguisher. You want a badass umbrella. I'll tell you the one thing that... you don't want to have happen. You don't want your weather, your your umbrella 
to break while you're no, using it. No, there's nothing no. worse than when it goes inside out. And as a dad, you go to these sports games, soccer games. Like, it's just like there's like a peacocking about having the biggest, baddest umbrella. It's just great to stand on that sidelines. It's just like an alpha thing about having the best umbrella at some of these youth soccer games and things. Weatherman is now partnered with Arnold Palmer. They have the same design. I have it now. It's much more durable. It's much better umbrella. I'm just over the moon about this. Uh, it's a cool looking umbrella. They also have college, university, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan. They have BC. I'm going to get a BC one. Um, but they're they're high quality umbrellas. They're not. The kids are going to get in them, break the spokes. They're tested in wind tunnels, right? 55 mile an hour winds. They pop open easy. I don't know. You push the button. I don't know the technical terms. You push the button, it flies open. Yeah, we were it's, talking on the phone the other day, and you you didn't even have to. You didn't break stride. You just true. popped the thing open. It was you. You you even commented. I I just started using the weatherman, and you know I didn't even have to break stride. That is true. That's true. I, I did do that. So it's uh the Golf Digest Editor's Choice Award for Best Umbrella the last three years. So it's uh. The catnip for the editor's awards there. Go Weatherman umbrella catnip hey, editors. One, um, one other ahead. thing. It also what? provides awesome sun protection. 50, yeah. 50 uh, SPF or UV, 50 plus UV. So yep. it can, uh, you know, essentially uh, it can, you can block the sun with it too. If you're Dylan Fratelli, you don't have to wear the, the <laughs> armbands. Well, if you want, if you don't want the big one, they come like 62, 68 inches. I love that. I mean, maybe it's a little obnoxious going down the sidewalk. You're just kind of like a, a running back going through the hole, like knocking people over. But they got smaller designs, uh, all sorts of college colors, Arl Palmer colors, folds of honors, if you want to get patriotic with it. But the URL is weathermanumbrella.com. And the promo code is fried egg. You get 20% off. That's a good chunk of change. That's a it's really nice chunk word, of change. One word, all caps, fried egg. Uh, I, I honestly, like, no bullshit. Like, when these came, I'm very, I'm more excited about my umbrella than I ever thought I'd be about any umbrella in the rest of my life. It, it's, it's a good product to add to your household. All right, let's move on. So you're talking about um, JT. You left off with JT, right? And how you think he's going to win a bunch of majors. He's got 14 wins. Who would you say was most disappointing? I kind of walking you into that one. And who would you say was kind of most impressive outside or most surprising, pleasant surprise outside of, of course, DJ? Uh, you know, pleasant surprise. CT Pan top tenning. <laughs> the bread man. Where's your... Where'd your Kevin not uh, hopes shake out? Oh, T13, he shot a 70. Not bad. I mean, he's seven shots back. Top 12 for CT Pan, the bread man, getting to invite into the next one. You know, that's huge. Yeah. He's he's really, when you look at the the list outside of, you know, you you got CT Connors and and Fratelli and, and Pan are the three guys that might not have been in next year, that got in next Mm -hmm. year via their good play you know um i mean camp smith was super impressive that was yeah he he got the most out of every round of golf (laughs) it's not like he really left stuff out there um disappointing i mean jt uh, jt and rory obviously rory start and jt they both played exceptional golf in spurts but you know, Rory Rory rinsed two on on fifteen this week and he played thirteen one over par for the week. That's crazy. And you we look should... at it and it's like the guy the guy could normally play those holes those holes are par fours for him. And he played right. them just horrendously the whole week. I mean, like I don't know. Play those par fives on the back nine, one under for for eight, eight and eight attempts for Rory is, I mean that right there he plays them well like usually winners do, and you've got mm-hmm. your guy that's challenging right there. Yep, yep. I, I I thought the way JT like didn't really even like put up much of a uh, fight. Not not fi- fight is too harsh, but didn't really factor at all. Like. 
why was it we were only getting Sunjay and we were getting Cam Smith and we were getting Abe answer. And it was like Justin Thomas wasn't even on the course for those first like hour and a half when it looked like DJ could wobble a little bit. I was just disappointed. Like shot under par all four rounds. It wasn't like he completely and DJ just set the scoring record. Does it matter if like, you know, Rory doesn't hit it's one fewer balls in the water, um, you know, on 15 or something like that. I don't know, but I think I think JT. I was super disappointed that he somehow didn't rise up uh, as a challenger. It was more of a, like an M answer and and Camp Smith there for the first hour and a half. It was just completely forgotten there from the coverage. Yeah, the thing with JT too is he was right there, and then it was just sloppiness, you know. Um, and and I think there was something with if Rory or JT is the one pushing DJ and it's a two-shot advantage or whatever it was when he was on. I think it was two shots when he was on 13 and he lays up. I don't think he lays up there. And that's where with with organic matter on the golf ball <laughs> on 13, something might have happened, you know? Right. And, and I think that's the – I would say those two were the ones – I mean, Rory, the first round thing is really – it's real, you know? Yeah. He's Did ten, you believe he, at he all played, today? He played with 10 shots. He played with DJ and was 10 shots behind after the first round. I mean, That's this is the entire fair. tournament right there. He's T5. Unbelievable. He's on the wrong side of the cut line. He's T5 Friday morning. Did you believe at I'm, any th- point? Well, that's what I'm saying about Rory's Rory's majors. Like, it's not that he hasn't won one in a while. It's that he. I haven't really thought he was going to win one in a while. Going to win one after you know, by the weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, there's all these pre-tourney prognostications and stuff where people pick Rory, but yeah, where, where you felt like he was going to win by the time you got to Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, like when was the last time on a Sunday you're like, you know what, Rory's going to win this thing? Yeah, it's been a while, long time. And you say that seemingly two times a year with DJ. You know, this year, I assumed you said that. I assumed he was going to beat Pat Reed. I'll say that one. I assumed, but he was out by like the eighth hole. Not even a challenge. But go ahead with your DJ mm-hmm. point. You say that yeah, about DJ? Yeah, DJ DJ last year this year, PGA, you said that on the front nine of Yep. Uh you said yep. that obviously today. But that you go backwards. Shinnecock. Yeah, Shinnecock. You you thought he was gonna win for sure. Uh last year he was he, he had a moment in the PGA. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and then mm-hmm. then Austin might have given him a bad number. <laughs> <laughs> Happy for Austin. <laughs> I Happy. Am. He's taking a lot of shit, you know, uh, and maybe deservedly so at times, but whatever. It's it's kind of a That thing cliche. with him reading the greens is real, I think. <laughs> I will never, it won't stop me from laughing every time the camera cuts to the green and he's there with his legs spread, you know, <laughs> it's over the line. I, I start cr- cracking up thinking about what could be going on down there, but uh, yeah, I'm happy for him, uh, Austin nonetheless. Uh, so... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying with Rory. Did you believe at any point today? I saw you tweeting. Maybe it was, was ton in cheek. I don't was, know, but like he's on very seven. Or... It was extraordinarily tongue in cheek. I'm not sure right. if others tweeting about it were so tongue in cheek, <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, I think it was all it was all dependent on, on DJ just shooting like 76 or something. That just wasn't going to happen today. So. Yeah, it, uh, I mean it, it's. Uh, even to get to where Camp Smith was, Rory would have had to shoot a ridiculous round, you know. Hey, I got to give Dylan Fratelli equal time here. Uh, we had testimony come out of Austin, Texas. Uh, our good friend, former guest on the program, Kevin Robbins, author, professor at <laughs> UT, author of the Paint Stewart. More Fratelli um, content. More friendly, in a friendly way. I got in my kitchen and deservedly so last night. Texted me. He said, I could have helped you with Fratelli. I've known him since 2010. He's thoughtful and sophisticated <laughs> dude. Fun fact, he's a geography savant. See, you're not going to get these kind of these nuggets on other golf <laughs> podcasts. Everybody's talking about DJ. We're giving you Dylan Fratelli facts. Hey, well, I he's heard a-, a lot about Dylan Fratelli on the telecast. I heard 10 times that he puts with the flag in and 10 times <laughs> that he was part of the University of Texas National Championship team. Hey, did you hear enough about what time it was in, back home in Australia <laughs> uh, about when you know, Cam Cam Smith. There's parties around the you know breakfast coffee. Uh, so uh, I heard a lot about that. But anyways, Kevin Robbins, 
He's a geography savant. And that's what he got his degree in is Texas. I didn't know they gave degrees out for geography. He could I be our geography expert. He could really help this podcast out. He could sweep the category against anyone in jeopardy. That's high praise. Um, he's probably the most aware athlete I've ever covered, and he's maybe even cosmopolitan. So that's that's some we you know we probably unjustifiably ripped on Fratelli last night. Here's someone who actually knows the person providing real testimony. So just giving Dylan Fratelli equal time and his geography expertise. I, I thought that was I appropriate. I think we should hey. have him on and, and just drill him for 30 minutes on geography questions. <laughs> Let's do that. We should do that. He hung in there too. I mean, the guy finished T5 with a 73 and a 72 on the board. I mean, other than Rory... Everybody else was just kind of in the red the entire week in the top 10. So Something I wanted out there was, you know, there's all this talk about his driver lengthening driver and how far he was hitting it. You know what club was getting him in a lot of trouble today? His driver. He was hitting it everywhere. He was in the uh, missing all these fairways. Why didn't yeah. they say, hey, you know, he is using a 46-inch driver. <laughs> Might be why he's missing all these fairways. If you're going to praise it one day, you got to give it equal. Hey, you know, this is the downside. Yep. 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 For me, for most pleasant, pleasant surprise, I think I'm with you though. Camp Smith, we covered that. The, the shot on nine, shot on seven, up and over the shot on nine, kind of around and down where he wasn't even sure where it ended up. Those are two really memorable, memorable shots. So, Are you uh, disappointed with Honest Abe at all? No, come on. It's Honest Abe. It's Abe answer. What do, what do you want me to say? Like, I love the guy, but it's, it's his first. Is it first or second go around? All these guys, Sanjay M, Cam Smith. I, it, it's not like I expected them to chase down the number one player in the world and put him in a body bag at <laughs> Augusta National. None of these guys. And it's not to say I think they're dogs, but like they're, they're just playing. You know, it, it's time and circumstance. The number one guy in the world was on top and playing great. And, you know, it was for many of them, their first Sunday ever at a master. So I was impressed with all of them for just being there. So, you know who I'm disappointed um, in? Who? Bryson for getting waxed by a, by a 63 year old man today. <laughs> waxed might be a strong verb, but he got beat by he what, a by shot. Two. He lost two. by two today. Lost by one at the tournament. Well, he's not feeling well. He went straight to the dizziness thing, which is okay. I don't want to doubt him. I'm not casting aspersions. On... What do you, we didn't talk about this much yesterday, but he's complaining about dizziness and uh, upset stomach. And he also is talking about drinking 11 Oregon protein shakes a day. <laughs> like, don't you think those two might be a little connected there? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And this is, uh, I don't think this is like de facto, like sort of proof that it won't work at Augusta. Of course it's not right. You just had a bad week. You just won the U S open. You know, he didn't play well. I think a lot of people are kind of taking victory laps on his grave and especially with the 67, you know, par 67 for me type thing. I think there might be even some other players texting around tonight, mocking him for that. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. The whole Bernie Lager thing is is just sort of delicious justice. But people are going to – I saw, like, tweets and grand pronouncements, like, don't tell me, like, distance is, you know, distance is what ma – like, it's never been the point that, like, if, if distance was all that mattered, all the World Lawn Drive guys would be 10-time major winners. Like, no one's ever claimed that. It just gives you a significant advantage. And, like, it, and over the all. last five years, it's become weighted more and more of an advantage. I think one of the right. things, in, in case in point with Cam Smith, is Augusta gives you the opportunity to thrive if you are not that long because of – you know, the different shots out there, there's more fairway than most places. And if you are a creative player with requisite, like, you know, that excels in, in uh, iron play around the greens and putting, you can compete at Augusta National. It is not a, you have to hit it, you know, you kind of do have to hit it like 300 yards. But, yep. and that used to be, and I think this is an important thing, it used to be you had to be really long to win at Augusta. That was like a thing, right? 
old right. long hitters, even though Faldo did it. But the reality was now everybody hits at 300, everybody gets over the hills, you know? Yep. <laughs> there yep. aren't guys yep. that, like, aren't clearing the hills outside of, you know, Zatch and, you know, a few other grinders. But but everybody's hitting it over the hills. So, like, that length thing I don't think is that bad. And, and DJ is one of the longest players in the world, and his length definitely helped him this week. But he was one of the best, if not the best in the field, in many other aspects of the game. Right, right. Uh, contrasting something with Bryson, I just got a note from somebody who's kind of inside the tour-ish life. He goes, I've always admired that DJ didn't need an entourage or need to feel accepted by players or media. Uh, he knew he was good and he didn't need re- reassurance. It's very rare, but very cool. When you talk about Bryson, kind of, I think he sort of needs that entourage and needs that personal, you know, affirmation from other people. Um, DJ never did that. That's not to say DJ is without an entourage. He has, you know, Claude Harmon the third going around <laughs> preaching the gospel. It's always, you know, quick to find a camera and microphone, and um, and he's got, you know, AJ and Paulina. He's got people there, but. Um, Contrasting that with Bryson, like DJ just doesn't give a f, right? Like he knows he's really good, and and none of that is really important to him. So, and and uh, by um, all by all accounts, like one of the nicest guys on tour. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard anything that he's like he's a dick, right? No, like I I remember Jeff Ogilvy said like there couldn't be a nicer guy than DJ on tour. I don't think he. He doesn't necessarily suffer like fools. I mean, it's not that's not to suggest he's, you know, this this kind of sort of renaissance man, but I don't think he has time for just nonsense chatter or, or dumb questions or pleasant like he doesn't indulge the the question about whether like how this compares to, you know, winning the tour championship. He just he just doesn't Suffer fools is probably too strong a word, but he doesn't indulge a lot of like the silliness, right? He doesn't indulge any of the uh, hype and narrative stuff at all. So. Speaking of him as a uh, renaissance man, you don't envision him like Brandel in his post-playing career, you know, sitting in his, his library ri- writing handwritten notes about, you know. <laughs> With Frederick Nietzsche kind of uh, on the top of the desk yeah. in the picture. You, and, don't, yeah. you um, don't foresee that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do we have to get to? Uh, uh, Tigers who, 10? I don't know. He made a 10. I mean, the way he fought in was admirable. Everybody tweeted about it. You heard about it. No. Amazing. Heart of a champion. Heart of a lion. Five, you know, when he uh, boarding five of the last six holes after doing that. And that was cool. I don't think you'll see many people who do that. You know, I think most people go on the fritz or just kind of mail it in after getting a 10 uh tiger is tiger gonna win another major ever i could see him i could see him winning a masters i think this masters didn't work out like he was in the mix obviously i don't think the the masters worked for him this year it was soft it yeah it was rainy it was cold and then he had to play a lot of golf on the coldest day and like the golf course wasn't wasn't if the firmer the harder it gets the better it's going to be for tiger and that's the thing that i took away from this is wow you know through 18 holes and half a day he was really in it even without maybe his best best stuff and on a golf course that was soft that wouldn't fit him well if the golf course is bouncy in april like he didn't have any form coming into this one, too. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. I, I'm encouraged by it. I'm frankly encouraged by it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I agree. I agree. With I think when uh, we look at majors, we can say that Tiger's got, assuming health, Tiger's got at least five to seven more good years of playing at the Masters and the Open Championship where he could get majors. I, Think it's. I don't think we're going to see him win the U.S. Open ever again, and I don't think we'll mm-hmm. see him win the PGA ever again. I don't think that style of golf fits his game. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I, I just, yeah, if it gets really firm and bouncy, I always think back to sort of that lag putt at nine last year, or, or just 
playing like 11. Yeah, I can see that's where the real advantage kind of comes out and it closes the gap on the younger guys um, who are just ripping it past them and, and have younger younger nerves, less frayed nerves. So, But the, um, the thing about the length, and this is something I think about with, with Augusta, is why, why isn't length more rewarded? Like we see short hitters win at Augusta. Like not short, but like... They aren't like power hitters. Like the U.S. Opens become basically like just a a bludgeon fest, right? All mm-hmm. the winners recently are long hitters. The Masters hasn't been long hitters, and I think one of the reasons is is there are, nobody can get to any of the par fours, right? There's no reward like hitting at three fifty, and we saw Bryson this year. Like it didn't give him a reward on the third hole. Like he hit it basically where everybody else hits it. Um, the par fives. We see these guys, they're hitting three wood on 13 for the most part, especially when they move the tee over. And so that, that nullifies the distance for the long hitters. 15, they can, the short guys still could get home in two. The only place that re- in two, everybody can get home on two. The only place it really, really helps uh, on par fives is the eighth hole. Yeah. So yeah, I think no, that right. that's a that's a big thing with this with why a guy like Tiger or a guy like you know a, a shorter hitter can can play at the Masters and as opposed to the U.S. Open. Yeah, I was just going through uh, one of my favorite things about the Masters is they make the champion go through all the clubs he hit and the press like to close it out close out the year. I was just going through. You know, 17 driver wedge, 18 driver sand wedge, you know. Um, but he hit, you know, he hit a five iron on 11. Uh, you know, four, he hit a four iron. So a couple of mid irons that, that kind of test you. Um, so, uh, all right. Who wins more majors? DJ, who finishes their career with more majors? DJ or Rory? I mean, I think you got to take Rory with a two major lead, right? <laughs> I agree. DJ and Brooks? <laughs> Again, two major lead in years. And a lot of years. A lot of years. That's If, if, um, D, if DJ gets to four majors, like yeah. does DJ get to four majors would be my follow-up question to that. It feels like it. And maybe that's dumb to say. It just, I, I honestly could see him winning the next Masters in like 150 days by like three shots. I, I don't know. Like he's going to be there, right? It takes a... It takes like a tiger like ten on a hole that's just a train wreck for him to not be in the top like fifteen in a major at this point. And I don't know. Maybe he just goes on a bender and hangs out for the next year after winning this. It really seemed to I'll tell you this, like that interview with the Manda Valionis, like that's one of the more powerful interviews I've seen in golf in a while. And it's from the guy it, it was powerful because he didn't say anything. He couldn't say anything. We're not used to that from DJ. When he does talk, it's usually pretty monotone. And, um, you know, he, again, he doesn't give you a ton of color, but that's one of the more powerful powerful interviews I've ever seen. And he said nothing. So uh, maybe he just, this is some sort of career capstone on it, but I highly doubt it. I, I see him, you know, being on or near the lead come Saturday next April, you know, again, I, I, I feel like he gets to four. Tory Pines, Tory Pines is a good major set, major <laughs> location for him, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. That one fits his game. Well, who knows? Uh, you know, Kiowa probably fits his game pretty well too. I mean, there isn't a golf course in the world that doesn't fit DJ's game. That's the reality. And now these, these other guys are getting scar tissue. Rory has a, like, it was always like DJ's got this, like, you know, we're going to play the low lights. Rory's got a little bit of that now. Brooks has a little bit of that now, whether it was final round of PGA, final round of the PGA at Bell Reef last year when he got a, or at uh, Bethpage last year when he had a scare put into him. Uh, Masters, he did not distinguish himself. He, everybody focuses on Molinari with his water balls and kind of punting it, but Kepka kind of blew it a little bit. So, I don't know. Some of these other guys are starting to get their own scar tissue, whereas we always used to just focus on DJ coming up short. I don't know. Could Rom be in the conversation for most disappointing this weekend? I, I That's a hard one for me because it just kind of all came unraveled in like a 10-minute stretch there on eight where it, it was like, oh, he's going to win. This guy was the favorite. He should win. And I don't know. I, that's a hard one for me. Just call him disappointing just based off of a quick car crash. 
I don't know. It was kind of fluky, uh, too. Like the whole unraveling. Balls. Was, yeah. Organic matter balls. <laughs> I mean, he he wanted in his, he, I talked, I, I watched him talk after his round. He's like, there's, what can you do? I just got, I got two mud balls. I tried to fuck my ass off. He was very like on the urge of verge of saying other curse words. Um, I, I think he just got some bad breaks and also that little car crash there at eight. I, I don't think I could say he was disappointed. Um, no, no. All right. Um, anything else? Wait, hey, what did you make of, I saw like Alan Shipnuck had a tweet. Like it's great to see Augusta national with some scruffiness to see it. Uh, um, I, I don't know. He just thought like this game oh. shouldn't look pristine. It shouldn't look, it shouldn't look like, you know, perfect all the time. He's talking and about sk- how the tees were a little beat up and the greens yes, weren't there perfect. There were some, so, some collars that were looked, you know, not muddy, but the, yeah, it wasn't perfect. And well, it's November, it's dark and it's damp a lot. So I think it's a good message for the rest of golf, especially for, for local clubs and, and their superintendents that, get the member that watches the masters and rolls down and says, why can't our greens be that fast? And why can't our, our turf be look like that is the reality is Augusta plays their, their masters, the best week of in their season and spends all the money they can possibly spend to have it look perfect for that given week. This year, they did not get the opportunity to play it and they're the perfect time for the, the club. And thus, it showed that even with all the resources in the world, you could not have perfect turf all the time. So that was the, right. what should be taken away from it. I thought the thicker rough, I did not like it. I thought it, it, it led to a lot of layups on the 13th hole out of, you know, because people were one yard off. And, and what we saw is like Rory goes for it on 15, catches a flyer. You know, yeah. you yeah. want to encourage guys to go for all these shots because that's what makes the Masters. And the thick rough, especially right on 13, is just one place that I kind of got frustrated with because another one was Cam Smith. Cam Smith is stalking down DJ, trying to come off. He misses the fairway by a foot. He would have been better off in the pine straw because then he had to lay up because he missed the fairway by a foot. And instead of it being that short second cut that we're accustomed to or just fairway into the pine straw like it used to be, he's laying up because it's it's five-inch rough up there, which, you know, I don't know. I, I That's the one thing that really bugged me all week was the thick rough. Well, how does that square with your... Like so, Rory caught a flyer on fifteen. So Rory How does had that square a, Rory with your a U.S. Good, Open thing, wanting the unpredictable rough. So Rory like had a good lie, and that was a that uh-huh. was a good lie, and it became unpredictable. You know, if it's short and you get that good lie, but the grass is you don't know exactly how the ball's sitting in the grass. That's where you get the unpredictability. Like if that grass is short, Cam Smith might go for it, hit a great shot. He might go for it and catch a ball that nose dives that he ex- expects to fly, and he goes into the creek. He might ca- catch a flyer and launch it into the azaleas in the back, not the azaleas, but the bushes in the back of the green. But instead of that, it was a shitty lie and thick rough. And what we saw him do was hit a boring chip out, because that's what that lie calls for sometimes. Rory's lie was an example of it. He got a good lie on 15, unpredictable. He sends it into the back water, but he's going for it. But if that ball was sitting down in a bad lie, he might have just chipped it up there and, and then took it away, taken a wedge out. Yeah, just to uh, ship next tweet so I have it right. I didn't misattribute anything. I'd love to see Augusta Nationals greens spotty and brown. The tee box is chewed up. The fairway's patchy. The collection area is trashed. I don't know if it's trash, but it's a golf course, not a museum. It's okay to have some wear and tear. The perfect artificial reality in April is too fake for an outdoor game. Was that noticeable to you on TV? Yeah. Uh, you, are, you are obviously, you are a much keener eye than the average viewer. You understand and know a lot about conditioning and architecture. I, it was pretty noticeable, right? Yeah, I mean, the the 12th green in particular was one, and you know that's back in the corner, doesn't get a lot of sunlight, and you know. Uh, yeah. and, and then, you know, the greens were soft, uh, most of yep. the week and, you know, yep. it's not That's the fine. best time of year to have it there, you know, and they had a big right. rain event. So 
That's just the reality of of when it was being held there. You know what my favorite? You know what moment I'll remember forever from this Masters? What's that? that? Saturday morning. It's cool. Uh It's damp. Yep. John Rahm, the one of the three best players in the world, one of the longest players in the world, hits bombs a drive. You know, because of how soft it is and how wet it uh, and how cold it is. He hits at 288, and he's got 244 in. Wow. And it was a monumental decision on the 15th hole, and he lays up. I remember that. He, la- he hits wedge, that wedge. After... He ends up chipping that. in for par. That's... But the simple fact, so he, right. he thought he had to think about it. it clear, he could get there, but it clearly wasn't a good number because he was in between three wood, or you know whatever his longest fairway wood was in in long iron, and he didn't want to take it on, uh, so he lays up. Then you know you see Tiger laid up from the rough on thirteen. You know um, it might have been a combination of bad lie, but another like didn't think he could get it back, get it home. And then Patrick Reed and the group behind him is two fifty eight or two fifty two fifty something. And all of a sudden, he pulls three wood from the fairway, and I was on the. It was, it's seven in the morning, and I'm on the yeah. edge of my seat because I just saw John Rahm lay up from two forty four, and it brought back so much intrigue into the shot. It wasn't just a foregone conclusion that people were going for it, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it it made the shot feel like there was more risk because John Rahm laid up. There was it was a return of an actual decision, mm-hmm. and it was so I refreshing. It. I remember that. I, I yeah, I loved it. I, yeah, I didn't have that as as keen an eye as you, but I remember watching Tiger lay up Rom. Lay, I was stunned more than anything, I guess, with Rom. Kind of just, and then it almost blew up in his face. He chipped in for par. But yeah. So the crazy um, thing about it is he laid up then, and if this was always part of this tournament, if it wasn't in in the. It shouldn't be like get out of your heads right now that it's because it was soft. We don't want soft. We want where two eighty where a big time player hits at two eighty eight and two forty four means like something. Like it's a hard a shot. Decision. Like yeah, yeah. That's what I you know, that's what I would love to see. Because what happens is he didn't go for it that time. And I guarantee if he came through the next time and he's like, Oh, you know, we laid up, but that wasn't easy at all. That was actually awful. We, you know, I did not like laying up, you know, and right. then he might go right. for it and send it over the green in the back or come <clears throat> up just short and in the water. And then all of a sudden it starts playing. It's like a psychological warfare. In, in the game we have now, it's just like, okay, like if they hit it in the fairway, they're getting home in two. Right. Uh, one last other course comment question. There was a ton of chatter about the pin on 16 today and how they didn't, they loved that they didn't put it down or they hated that they didn't put it down in its usual Sunday spot. It was up, back, right, harder to get to for sure. Uh, any reaction, care, uh, just the amount of attention it got was uh, substantial. Um, did you, What was your reaction to that pin for Sunday, for a, a Sunday pin? I think it, I think it was the, no fans allowed them to put it up to the right that's a good point it's obviously it's an interesting debate i always think about like would you do you want the course set up really easy if you're chasing if you if you want somebody to chase down a leader do you want it set up really hard right um and that pin's definitely harder it's harder to get to a great shot's rewarded more there so mm-hmm. maybe that's what they were thinking. I don't know. What do you think? What did you do? You miss the? It, did you miss? No, I thought it was great. We don't need to. We don't need it the same every year, especially with no no fans there. I, I thought you know. I, I think that adds to that. That that's an amphitheater, right? It adds to the whole Sunday experience. And there weren't that. There weren't that there. Um, I, I think. I feel like to to close a gap, it's probably. In that specific instance, it's better for the chasers if it's in the easier position. Because I mean, DJ's just gonna hit it to like the fat part and you know make his par. I I, I don't know. I, I don't think DJ's gonna hit it in the water, or hit it in the bunker. I, I don't. Know. He's just gonna hit it to the open part of the green and put up the hill for his par. 
So in that specific instance, I think the easier pin might favor the chasers just because by the grace of God, you get a, you get an ace or you, you make your birdie and DJ doesn't. Um, but overall I tend to think, you know, um, you know, harder conditions favor the chasers, but, but in that instance, I don't, I, I thought it was fine. It's a different masters change it up. I was shocked at the amount of attention it got in the end. It didn't matter one way or the other DJ won by five shots. Um, and maybe when there's fans, it'll go back down below uh, next year. Do you so. think DJ's going to play the RSM? No. Was he committed? I don't think so. Westy's going to play it. We're on to the RSM. Oh, late breaking news from Will Knights. You see this? No. PGA Tour tweeting. Big graphic. Masters, checkmark. FedEx Cup, checkmark. Only Spieth and DJ have won both in the same year. How about that? Big graphic. Big graphic with them both in their green jacket and holding their FedEx Cup. Big, big, big tour. Got on it there. With, Tiger, uh, Tiger, two, two, Tiger uh, didn't do that in 2001, did he? Jack never did it. Jack never got a FedEx Cup and green jacket in the same year. It's only DJ and Spieth. Quite a feat. DJ, also the only... Uh, green jacket player who's had a uh, green jacket winner who's had COVID too. That's another graphic they could make. I mean, if they really want to narrow the sample size even further. So, all right. Anything else? Any parting thoughts? I mean, commendations to Augusta national. They don't need it. They get enough praise, but you know, for getting this together, getting it off the ground, you know, it wasn't very, t- uh, atypical masters, but I'm glad we had it here. A nice little sort tournament. They pulled together. The <laughs> nice little tournament. Uh, we're done with majors, well, men's majors. We still got a great U.S. Women's Open. I'm fired up for in December, but uh, a good men's major season, I would say. Morikawa, Bryson, and DJ certainly uh, a lot of you know guys who could be winning majors for a long time. I would say that's what I would suggest. Um, are you satisfied with the men's major season? I'm very satisfied. I uh... okay. I, I didn't, you know, there was a period of time where we, I didn't think we were even going to get majors. So. I don't think so. Looking back on that Chainsmokers concert, you know, we lost that one and then we, we <laughs> scrambled to get three together. So lost, I'm, lost I'm happy the with Smokers. that. <laughs> um, yeah. So we got, we got one coming up and, uh, you know, Masters only like this, what, 140 days away. Yeah. Jim Nance kept giving like the countdown to the hour basically 155 or 144 days something like that hopefully we'll be there in person hopefully bixby house going again yeah hurricane shane sean martin eating our chips this was a great week thank you guys for uh supporting the podcast try to do some different things some different you know venue and different podcasts and different instagram stuff so we really appreciate your guys support little holiday blend bixby holiday blend so it was a good week all together so um, all right, we'll be back Wednesday. Maybe clean up some master stuff. Oh yeah, Start thanks for about, everybody uh, that did the pool. I think uh, we've got. Oh a, yeah, we've got the we, results are tabulated. I believe I, we haven't really looked at them yet. Uh, according to Will Knight's, uh, who won? Michael Borton, uh, who okay. who played under the name of Trubisky's Army is the overall winner. <laughs> so what was the overall, what was the overall spread on the very simple question of will Lee Westwood win? How many people said yes of that out of, out of the percentage? Was I think, it like I think 1%? it was 1, 1.7% humored me or 1.3% of the, uh, the voting population, you know, made me smile with, uh, with answering that Lee Westwood <laughs> would win. The, the, boy, right, we'll... the low boy in brown became quite the duel. You know, they were tied going into today. <laughs> Who finished? Who won it? Usti won. Oh, okay. Kind of what a disappointing, did today? disappointing weekend from the boys in the brown in brown. Yeah. Westy had Especially another it's... 74. Oh, God. He almost holed out in the first uh, on number one. He almost holed out with for an eagle. And I just thought we were off and running but started birdie birdie and shot 74 (laughs) (laughs) tough day home game for them ups gets a lot of love at the masters that's the official courier uh service i believe of the masters he was uh three over two over he was uh he was six over on the back nine this week 
Unbelievable. Not great. Not great. Six right. over on the back nine, and he's he shot two on un- er, one under. He shoots he shoots six under on that nine, which is totally possible. He's third. He's in third place, fourth place. Well, he's <clears throat> he's gonna finish top fifty in the world in the year, right? If he's Maybe. not already in next year's Masters, he's gonna. RSM's yeah. a big he... big deal for him. We need a good finish from him. Get get those points yeah. down at Sea Island. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, we'll lock in for that reason alone. Okay. Everybody enjoy your Mondays. Thanks so much for the support of the podcast. Continue to support the podcast. It was a great week. Uh, We will check in with you on uh, Wednesday.